The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the TOSD Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I am Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show available on BMC Channels 9 and 29 and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Well, folks, it's that time of year again uh, when you can easily spot the fantasy football participants uh, merely by uh, how many preseason games they're watching and the amount of time they spend online gathering last-minute info for their drafts, much like their college days cramming for a final exam. And I confess largely to the latter. So to help me and hopefully all of you fantasy sports geeks out, I am glad for the third straight year to be joined by Ryan Hallam. He is the owner of Fighting Chance Fantasy. Let's get that right. FightingChanceFantasy.com. It is a very informative go-to site that features plenty of mock drafts, player news, and podcasts of their own. So, Ryan, uh, good evening and uh, welcome back to the Toddcast. I'm sorry. You want to try that again? Because I actually didn't have your sound up. <laughs> Hello, uh, Ryan. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on, Todd. Uh, three years in a row, not too bad. I, uh, I always uh, enjoy talking to you. Yes, and I think in all three years there's been a little bit of a technical glitch on my part. So uh, it's, uh, I'm glad I've, I've kept the perfect record going here. Uh, yes, uh, you know, again, uh, you're... Your, uh, your website, FightingChanceFantasy.com, uh, which you've been running for a while. You've got a Facebook and a Twitter uh, pages as well uh, for it. Uh, you know, just talk about how it continues to grow. It looks like uh, one of the things I noticed is it looks like you've added some more uh, writers for this year, including I think you, uh, uh, you brought in a writer who, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, keeps uh, their feet on the ground and keeps reaching for the stars. Is that... Uh, are you meaning Jim Day by that one? <laughs> you didn't get the Casey Kasem joke? Oh, okay. No, I didn't get the Casey oh. joke. Yes. Would it be helpful if I sang American Top 40? <laughs> uh, you're, are you too young to remember the, the American Top 40 countdown on the radio and, and Casey Oh, Kasem? I, I, I do, but I don't know that I listen to it all that often. Okay. Well, you know, if you remembered Saturday morning TV, uh, the voice of Shaggy and the voice of uh, Robin... Uh, I think he did a few other Saturday morning voices as well. Uh, the immortal Casey Kasem, the, the late, great Casey Kasem. But, uh, yeah, no, it's the funniest thing. I'm, I'm surprised. Now, I'm guessing your Casey, I'm guessing by the spelling, would it, uh, is, is, is he a she? or he, She is a she. she okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, yeah, no, but you guys certainly look like you've added, I mean, I know it's you and uh, your friend Steve uh, who do the uh, podcasts and then – you, uh, you know, as I said, you looks like you've you've expanded and added a couple of uh, new contributing writers to the site. Yeah, uh, it's been Steve and I for a few years. Uh, we were lucky enough to bring in the fantasy Taz at Jim Day. He's been at it longer than me. He's probably about 10, 15 years into this. 
Uh, and then, yeah, a couple of newcomers, uh, Casey and uh, also Brian Drake, uh, people I've picked up along the way. They're doing great jobs, so I definitely uh, recommend all of their writing as, as opposed to me and Steve as well. And again, you can check all of that out on FightingChanceFantasy.com. Now, Ryan, the, the first two years we, we had you on, it was more towards the middle of August, and uh, this year... Uh, you know, just based on different scheduling uh, quirks and whatnot. I mean, we're actually uh, recording this podcast on August the 28th, which is a little later, uh, although maybe beneficial to those of you like myself who still have a, a couple of drafts coming up. And uh, you, again, you know, hopefully we'll be able to give you, or I should say Ryan will be able to give you some advice that will help you in your drafts, uh, maybe help me in some of mine as well. Uh, to start off, and, and I know you've been taking part in a lot of mock drafts because this is the time of year for folks like yourself to do that. Um, you know, I remember last year the big trend it felt like, at least in the, uh, the you know, the biggest, I, maybe the change was in the first round of a lot of fantasy drafts last year. You almost saw like a split as to whether you should take a running back or a wide receiver. And this year, it, it kind of looks like, you know, just looking at some of the mock drafts you have on your site, uh, that we're going back now to the, uh, you know, going back to strictly first round, you pick a running back. Now, is that just because there are, are more bell cows available? And that's not to be confused with cow bells. Uh, that would be more of a Will Ferrell thing. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I do see that trend. Uh, I'd say definitely the first three to four rounds are really dominated by running back. And it's not that they're more bell cow backs. It's the opposite, in my opinion. It's the fact that there are so few that people are thinking, or at least I'm thinking, all the drafts that I've done, I've got to get these good guys now because when I when the, you know my turn comes again, then I'm going to be starting to look at guys that have question marks around them. So uh, I've been, and I think a lot of people have been, loading up on running backs early, maybe two in the first three rounds or two in the first four rounds. I've seen three in the first four rounds. Uh, because wide receiver is really deep. Running back, I feel like after about 15 or 16, the cliff comes and it comes very steep uh, from guys that you're confident with to guys that, you know, not that they can't be good, but you know the question marks start flying. So, uh me, myself, and a lot of people, I've definitely seen uh, multiple running backs in the first few rounds. And, uh, I mean, I, I think most people probably know who uh, some of those stud backs, those more bell cow type of backs, or someone you'd be targeting in the first round. In some of the mock drafts you've done so far, Ryan, are there any running backs that maybe you've been a little surprised that have uh, been going uh, either in the first or, or maybe high second round that maybe you would have uh, waited a few rounds to, uh, to go for? The one that, is, for me, has been Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, he didn't get a ton of carries last year. He got a lot of receptions. So if you're in a PPR league, he definitely has value. I'm, I'm not denying that. Uh, but he had this, that long touchdown run in the second preseason game, and his, uh, his draft position has kind of gone up from there. Uh, you know, when we first started doing the drafts, he was maybe the end of the third. I'm sorry, the beginning of the third. I've seen him go as high as 10th overall now. And I can't get behind that. Uh, you know, the Panthers brought in C.J. Anderson. He's not—he's not great, but he's no slouch. Uh, and McCaffrey—I don't know if he's built for an, an every-down kind of role. I don't care what their coaches are saying. Uh, I just don't see it. I see him getting—you know—more carries than he did last year. Maybe 150, 175 max uh, to go with most likely 70 catches, which is a great, great season. But uh, he's crept up uh, too far for my blood. Again, this is uh, Ryan Hallam uh, from FightingChanceFantasy.com, very informative website as you're getting ready to prepare for your fantasy football drafts. And uh, 
let's uh, talk a little bit, uh, since we're on the subject of running backs, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about maybe some of the uh, uh, players who are going to be serving early season suspensions, because there are a few running backs on that list, I suppose one of the biggest ones, and uh, certainly will have an impact on where he's getting drafted uh, this year uh, in drafts would be uh, Mark Ingram of the New Orleans Saints. And uh, the fact he's going to miss the first four games uh, due to his uh, being caught with an illegal PED. And uh, wh- what do you think? Uh, where do you think that affects his draft? And then also, if you were targeting a New Orleans running back, who would be uh, uh, the best guy to target? Well, it, it's definitely having an impact on his draft status, but it's not putting him, you know, it's not burying him. Uh, and that's because they both had such a great year, him and Alvin Kamara, uh, both had great years because the Saints really. I can't say changed to a running offense, but ran more than they had in a very long time. So, And I kind of think they're going to follow the same kind of track this year. Uh, I don't see them being the team that chucks it 45 times a game anymore when they have two you know, really impressive backs in Ingram and Kamara. So, uh, you know, Ingram is going still sixth round for a guy who's going to miss four games. That's still a, a, a decent... You know, kind of a steep price, but I think it'll be worth it. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a, a good last 12 games. Uh, the sixth round is a little tough to a guy that you're not going to be able to play until you know October. But if you if you are one of the people who has taken two running backs in the first you know four or five rounds, and you can uh, he would be sitting on your bench or maybe a flex spot. You know, I think that that he's worth a shot. Uh, Alvin Kamara obviously is awesome. Uh, he was just dynamic with the ball. Uh, either out of the backfield or, or passes, he's going in the middle of the first round. I can't say that I've drafted him once. There's a couple of guys that I like a little more than him, but he definitely has a chance to have a, another major impact in year two. Well, that's the thing. Is it, I mean, is he going so high in a lot of these drafts because – uh, you know, because he came off the, the the big year last year, and combined with the the Ingram suspension, I guess uh, you know maybe folks are just looking at him, maybe having the potential to put up some really big numbers the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, you know, he didn't, he wasn't. You know, we've used this this term a couple times already. Bell cow. He wasn't that last year, and like McCaffrey, I don't know if he's built to carry the ball. Uh, you know, 20 times and come up with five catches. I, I don't know if he's he's that kind of guy. He's not a huge guy at five foot ten. Uh, so you know, the, the Saints do have other running backs in their team. No, no one over to be overly excited about. But I'm not sure that the, the Ingram suspension is going to mean that Kamara is, is just out of this world for four weeks. He's going to be great anyway. So it, I mean, how much how much better can he be? And then, you know, certainly as far as the other uh, top backs go, uh, you know, you, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I should say. Um, uh, wait a minute, doesn't, doesn't Le'Veon Bell have like an early season suspension he's dealing with? I'm trying to remember. I didn't. Holding, he's holding out again. Oh, right. That's uh, because what it is. he wants a contract, so he's barely, he's really not going to play the whole preseason. He did that last year, started out slow for a couple games, and then was the man possessed for the rest of the season. So, uh, you generally see him go. Always see him going in the first four picks. It's just a matter of you know certain people have have certain uh, opinions. I I have him second. I could see him third with David Johnson ahead of him and Ezekiel Elliott fourth, uh, which is even more questions with the Cowboys' offensive line woes. But 
yeah, Bell is, is definitely a first, I would say, 34-pick max uh, selection. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Elliott, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously last year he, he came in and, and came in late and, you know, serving his suspension and didn't get to play much. And then, like you brought up, I guess, the offensive line questions with the Cowboys. Uh, you know, interesting that, though, people still look at Elliott as like a, you know, basically a top-five pick. Yeah, I still think he's about there. He's he's really. I know the offensive line has kind of been like a force field for the past few years, and there there's definitely warts with a suspension, and, and I think three more guys are injured, so uh, that's definitely a concern. We'll see. I, I'm worried about the whole offense in Dallas. Really, uh, you know, it's kind of revolved around the line for the past few years, and if that's going to be an issue, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's a fine quarterback. He's not someone who's going to to lead a team to victory week after week by the strength of his arm. Uh, so I worry a little bit about there. They don't have home uh, household names at wide receiver, but Elliott still should, should have a fine season. And as far as other uh, players who are going to be missing uh, some time early in the year because of suspensions, uh, I, I suppose two of the other biggest names with regards to fantasy drafting uh, would be uh, uh, Tampa Bay quarterback uh, Jameis Winston and uh, Patriots wide receiver uh, Julian Edelman. Of course, with Edelman, you also have to factor in that he missed all of last year uh, you know, with the knee injury, and he's coming back from that. So uh, where do you see uh, both of them? Uh, where does their draft value, uh, their draft stock take a hit uh, because of the uh, suspensions? Winston missing the first three games and Edelman the first four. Well, Winston, to me, quarterback has gotten to the point where it's gotten pretty deep to where I don't think Winston was going to be drafted among the top 12 quarterbacks anyway. So, you know, for those of you who, who do carry two quarterbacks, some people choose not to. Some people just draft one and just hope he doesn't get, you know, injured. Or if they do, they pick up somebody along the way. Or you could be in a two-quarterback league, so maybe you've... You could be in a two-quarterback league, then he's definitely getting drafted. Okay. Uh, I have him late teens over as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Uh I saw a lot of a lot of con- things that concerned me last year. Uh, he's uh, the accuracy really isn't there. Uh, his weapons aren't all that great. The, the whole just team kind of tanked it last year. Uh, I, I like his talent, but there are some question marks around him. So right now, to me, he's, he's you know farther down the list. But as far as the suspension, you know, not being a starter, I don't think the suspension should change where you draft him. Uh, you know, if he was going to be your second quarterback. You're likely not playing him in the first three weeks anyway because your starter hopefully doesn't get hurt in the first three weeks and there's no bye weeks in the first three weeks. So if you like Jameis Winston and you were going to have him as your second quarterback, draft him where he would have because yeah, I, I doubt you should have been playing him in the first three weeks. And if you did, your team's in trouble uh, right off the bat. So uh, As far as Edelman is concerned, uh, you know, your Patriots can't seem to hold on to a wide receiver. They've brought about 53 guys into camp this yeah. year, and 52 of them have left or got injured or cut or whatever. Decker just retired. Uh, so I think the the touches and the targets and everything will be there for Edelman upon his return. I am not worried about him in the least. Uh, I'd be confident drafting him as my third wide receiver uh, and just you know living through the first four weeks and hope that no one else gets hurt. And again, there's no bye weeks early so you know you can you can use somebody off your bench for a few weeks i doubt julian edelman was the reason you were winning or losing so uh i have no problem taking him to my third receiver and obviously suspension affects him he probably would have been you know maybe a top 20 wide receiver in ppr leagues uh, so clearly he's not that anymore but he still should be taken pretty high and there's no concern uh with him uh coming back from the uh you know the the knee reconstruction and the fact that he's on the north side of 30 
No, not really. Like I said, they, they don't really have all that many other options there. So I, I think he and obviously him and Brady have a a strong connection. So I think. Uh, he's going to be just fine when when the time comes. Well, that is uh, that is very true, and of course, uh, I guess might as well use that as a segue to get into quarterbacks, and we'll we'll stick with uh, TB12. Uh, where do you see as far as where does Brady rank overall amongst uh, quarterbacks? Which, as you kind of uh, alluded to earlier, this is a really deep year for quarterbacks. So I guess a couple questions here: one, when you, when should you think about targeting a quarterback in your draft? And uh, who, uh, you know, again, where does Brady and some of these top guys, uh, where do they rank? You know, a lot of the drafts that, that I participate in are with other people who, who have sites and podcasts and things like that. And their, uh, their philosophy is always to wait. Uh, you know, just wait as long as you can on taking a quarterback. Uh, whatever the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins is going to be isn't going to be worth, you know, drafting Rodgers in, say, the third or fourth round or Cousins in, like, the eighth round. So, the draft and the mocks that I do are skewed a little bit as opposed to, you know, what the people out there might be might be doing. Even then, you really don't see too many quarterbacks going the first couple rounds. Uh, so I'd say about the third or fourth they start to go. Aaron Rodgers is number one still, and as much as I love Brady, uh, he is my number three. I did put Deshaun Watson in front of him. Uh, it's I was just mind blowing what he was able to do last year from a statistical standpoint, uh, running and throwing. Uh, I think he had 19 touchdowns in six games uh, in the air and then another few on the ground. So uh, I expect as long as Watson can stay healthy, and he did tear his ACL last year, but I think he did it early enough that he should be fine coming into the season. I think he's an amazing talent. As much as I like Brady, I have Watson just one spot ahead of him. So I don't see at 41, I don't see, you know, Father time coming for Brady just yet. I guess I'll believe it when I see it because it's just every year uh, he just keeps putting up the numbers. So I don't see this year being any different, even with the you know his receiving core maybe not being household names. Well, right. I mean, but maybe that's a concern because uh, a lot of folks, at least here in the Boston area, a lot of the the media around here has been saying that the the current Patriots receiving core is probably on a par with uh, the the 2013 team, the the 2009-2006. They bring up a lot of seasons where the Patriots ultimately came up uh, a bit short, uh, not reaching the Super Bowl. And, you know, you do look at this, you know, current crew of receivers. Like you said, they're very thin. And they've, uh, they've had a lot of guys uh, cut or retired. I mean, I'm already hearing possibilities that Brandon, Brandon LaFell might get picked up off the scrap heap, uh, at least, you oh, know, boy. to fill in the first few weeks uh, while Edelman's serving suspension. But, uh, yeah, so does that does some of that, though, I mean, affect – it's got to affect Brady to some level if he doesn't – you know, the whole thing with Brady has always been, you know, you got to build up that trust with him, and there's really only a handful of guys on, on that uh, receiving core that can do that. Edelman's one, certainly Rob Gronkowski. And uh, you could probably say James White. Uh, is James White in a PPR league? Is he kind of a, another one of those early season sleepers, kind of like with, uh, with uh, Alvin Kamara, where, you know, the first few weeks he's going to get a chance to capitalize and – uh, you know, with uh, based on a, a, one of his teammates being suspended, uh, him getting a chance to get a few more uh, uh, catches? Yeah, he probably will. I think he'll get a number of catches. I still think Sonny Michelle will be okay and be ready to start the season. So uh, I don't know if White will get that many carries, but yeah, he'll definitely be someone that's targeted with Edelman suspended. And, and, but let's be honest, I mean, I don't know how long you've been a Patriots fan, but I, I've been following football. My whole Patriots life, fan. Ryan. I've been following football for a while. <laughs> 
let's not make out these guys that Brady has had, you know, be great. Wes Welker was a punt returner for the Dolphins until the Patriots got in touch, you know, a hold of him. Danny Amendola wasn't all that great. Troy Brown was five foot two. I mean, they've had a litany of guys who. <laughs> no, no, that's true. But I, I think some of those, and, and you're right. I mean, some of those guys. I think Amendola had a little bit of a reputation before he came here as to being a, a good, solid little receiver. He even had some fantasy value. Not nearly what he did when he when he joined the oh, Patriots. Oh yeah, he had nine Brady. catches for the Patriots. So oh nobody yeah. Knows. Right, and then the same with Edelman and Welker, right. I mean, I get that, but, uh, you know, still, I mean, you know, you look at some, you know, some other seasons where they've had guys like, you know, uh, uh, Gabriel uh, and uh, Jabbar Gaffney and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, Kendrell uh, Tompkins there. I mean, you know, some of these guys did not really uh, uh, work out uh, long-term because they just couldn't build up the trust factor with Brady. So I, I, I'm just saying. Even Tom Brady can't work some miracles, Todd. <laughs> No, that's well. That's my point, right? And so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think one of the key guys, if we're going to stick with the Patriots here, just during you know this moment, uh, you know, I think a key guy might be a Philip Dorsett. Now, there's a guy because because I mean, you know what you're getting from Edelman and and White and uh, but a guy like a Dorsett who is kind of a a bit of an unknown. There's there's some upside with him, and but he hasn't quite developed that rapport with Brady at least over you know he hasn't obviously he's only been with the team since last year, but. You know, so that's one guy. And you brought up Sony Michelle, so let me ask you. Uh, and and he had to. There were some positive reports about Sony Michelle in practice today. So let me ask you where you would uh, target Michelle in your your draft uh, as uh, you know you know either PPR or just standard. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to get a ton of catches. I think White is going to kind of take over that role. Uh, I've got him. Just out, just at my 25th running back right now. Although I'm looking at it, and I have to make some adjustments because uh, with, with the preseason. So I'd have him inside the top 25. Uh, I'd be okay with him as my second back if I was if I was waiting. You know, not one of the people who've taken him in the first three rounds. Uh, he's going like the fifth, sixth round. I think he's gonna be really solid. Uh, he didn't really, you know, carry the load in college, uh, but I think he, he's very, very capable. And uh, I think that you know the Patriots didn't trade up to draft him for nothing. Uh, I, I believe that that they're going to you know rely on him a good deal. Rex Burkhead can never seem to stay healthy, uh, which I think will also help Michelle. So he's uh, he's a guy that I've been uh, trying to get in my last few drafts. Okay, and uh, okay, so I'll wrap up this Patriot uh, skill player segment uh, talking about and uh, again is it is it Cordero or Cordero? I, I don't know which way to say it, but uh, do you... I've, I've heard both. I think it's Cordero. Cordero sounds better to me because Corderol sounds more like a medication. Like, you know, you take a couple of uh, uh, Corderols and, uh, you know, <laughs> you should feel better in the morning. But uh, I, let's go with Cordero then. What, is he, I mean, can he kind of break what he was in Minnesota, which was, he was just kind of strictly looked at as kind of a, a kind of a gadget guy who'd, who'd occasionally break off a, a big play or two. But is there any chance he can be anything more than that with the Patriots and, and Brady as his quarterback? Yeah, I think there's a chance he can be. I mean, he had some flashes last year for the Raiders. Not a lot, but he had he had a few good games. And, uh, you know, this might be his opportunity. He had a three-week stretch. Uh, and not that these are great numbers, but he had, you know, 11 catches in three weeks. Almost had a, a 100-yard game against the Giants, although they were pretty much the worst defense in history last year. But, he, you know, when they had some injuries in Oakland, he got a shot. He, he did something. So this is his opportunity. I think these first three weeks are the opportunity for him and for Dorsett to, to make a name for themselves and see if you know they can work themselves into a regular rotation. Would I draft him? I wouldn't draft him. But you know he's definitely a guy that I would keep my eye on week one 
Uh, and if you see you know, a nice rapport or you see Brady continue to throw to him, then uh, somebody I might think of on you know waiver wire in the first couple weeks. You know, and just as I was about to get off the subject of the Patriots, uh, I realized I, I was kind of omitting one. I had one major omission here uh, as far as uh, Patriots uh, players to target in fantasy, especially because in one of your uh, columns on uh, FightingChanceFantasy.com, Ryan, you you labeled him as a bust, and that would be one Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> so defend yourself, Mr. Hallam. I, I will defend myself in that I said that I didn't want to choose him. I love Gronkowski. If I always said if I could change places with anyone, it would be him. Uh, <laughs> no one seems to have more fun than this guy. Wouldn't we all, right? I know. <laughs> he does everything right. He's probably you know known more women than I've looked at in my life, and just uh, he never gets in trouble. He just always seems like he's having fun, and he's an awesome football player. Uh, he seems like he has just an awesome life. I love Rob Gronkowski. However, uh, you normally have to start one tight end. Uh, in most leagues, and Gronk is going like end of the second round, and I've taken him or Kelsey in a couple of mock drafts, and my running backs always suffer. And at the end, I look at my team and I'm just not happy, and that's why I have a hard time, uh, you know, thinking that he might live up to his his draft status. He's had some injuries; we can't argue there. Uh, back injuries are never good. Uh, I know. I know he talked about retiring, but let's face it, he never was going to retire. Uh, but, you know, there are some question marks with the guy. You can't deny it. He can be another, you know, wide receiver in your team. But last year, I mean, he played 14 games. He didn't even have 70 catches. So, I mean, it's more of his draft position in the second round than him is why I chose him. So I apologize to everyone out there. I do love Gronkowski. I just have a hard time drafting him where I need to draft him to get him. Yeah, I mean, and you're right if you even uh, were referencing some uh, some lyrics from the immortal Meatloaf uh, in there. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, points to you for that one, I, I suppose. But Thank you. I'm glad somebody got it. Yeah, no, no. I t- <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, th- th- this is the thing, though, I guess, and, and again, back. I, this is less about fantasy but more about reality with regards to the Patriots, is that, you know, d- defenses, at least in the first few weeks without Edelman there, I mean, you have to figure uh, perhaps they can double-team Gronk, which, again, there's times Gronk is, you know, certainly capable of beating a double-team, but, you know, I, I think what opposing defenses might do in the early part of the season will be double-team Gronk, and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, strong, put your best corner on Chris Hogan and then, you know, force Brady to kind of either look for Dorsett or James White, assuming White's in, you know, in the game on that play, that, that type of thing. I mean, you know, again, you do what you can to try to limit uh, the damage when you're going up against Tom Brady. But, you know, at least from that point of view, the, you know, some defenses might have a chance to be able to, uh, to slow, slow them down a little bit. Absolutely, yeah, that, that is definitely a concern in the first couple of weeks. Well, anyway, as I said, we are joined here by Ryan Hallam uh, from FightingChanceFantasy.com. Uh, on, you can uh, find uh, the Facebook page is at FightingChanceFantasy, and uh, the Twitter handle is at FightingChance. So uh, let's uh, continue moving along here. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is we were talking about uh, Brady and, and quarterbacks. There are a lot of new quarterbacks in uh, the league this year, uh, you know, between the the big rookie class and then just also a lot of, uh, you know, veteran quarterbacks who changed uh, locations and have new teams. There's uh, seven new coaches in the uh, the league this year. Uh, 
uh, tell me, Ryan, who do you think are some of the early, uh, you know, your early returns on which uh, either uh, coaches to help their fantasy teams and uh, some of these younger quarterbacks? Like, who do you see, uh, you know, making uh, maybe the biggest impact in fantasy? Well, I think the biggest coaching change this year came from Chicago. Uh, they had John Fox last year who basically was running like a high school offense, uh, I, I believe. There was one game, like, the quarterback threw it seven times, and, and Jordan Howard had, like, 38 carries, something crazy like that. Their offense stunk. You know, they had no scheme, and, and everybody just pounded on them. So they bring over Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs uh, the last few years, and, you know, that in itself should, should you know tell you something. They, they were a really solid offensive team. Uh, so they look for Nagy to kind of have the same impact that Sean McVay did for the Rams. You remember a couple of years ago they had Jeff Fisher and – they couldn't score any points. They brought in a new young offensive mind, and the Rams, I believe, led the league in points last year. So a coaching change can have a, a huge effect. Uh, so I'm not saying that, that, that Nagy's going to have this kind of a change. You know, we don't going to see Mitch Trubisky turn into Jared Goff, but I do expect you know Trubisky to be much better. Uh, Nagy also likes to throw to his running backs, which you know, Jordan Howard is kind of a lead back there. He's not a great pass catcher, so you know the mid to later round guys, Tara Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. Uh, he was a, a good pass catcher last year for the Bears out of the backfield. So they're thinking that you know he might get uh, focused on even more. They brought in Allen Robinson from the Bears. Uh, I think he's going to have a good season. So Chicago is definitely a team on the rise. Uh, another coaching change that a lot of other people do like that I don't like is uh, Matt LaFleur, is the uh, offensive coordinator of the Titans. Uh, he has been a coach in Atlanta, and for the Rams. Uh, so you think of you know, Kyle Shanahan and the, and the Falcons in their Super Bowl year and the Rams last year, but this guy didn't call the plays. He was you know, with McVay. He was with Shanahan. So I'm not exactly 100% buying that just because he coached under good coaches that he's going to turn into a good coach. Uh, I'm also not a huge Marcus Mariota fan, and that's a huge understatement. I really don't like Marcus Mariota. So, uh, you know, you can have a great coach all you want, but if you don't have a, a, a guy to carry out the play, uh, right. I don't know how, how great he can be. So those are two of the, the major coaching changes. Yeah, Ryan, let me just get back to you on, on the, the Tennessee situation. Were you talking about the offensive coordinator for the Titans, or were you talking about, uh, for, you know, first-year head coach Mike Vrabel? Because your line was getting a little fuzzy there, so I wasn't sure who which uh, – I didn't hear you say Vrabel, so I didn't know who you were referring to. Yeah, Matt LaFleur is the offensive coordinator. I, I don't see Vrabel calling offensive plays. No, 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 and that's fine. But but I think, you know, again, that's an interesting dynamic you just brought up. So you're bringing in an offensive coordinator who this will be his first time as, as the NOC. Then you've also got Mike Vrabel, his first time as a head coach. Uh, it almost feels like they should have had maybe more of a veteran presence. I know a lot of folks are high on the potential for Vrabel as a head coach, but, you know, you always go through growing pains, especially if, you you know, you haven't done it before which Vrabel hasn't. I mean, I know you you could say he's theoretically out of the, the Belichick coaching tree in the sense that he played for many years under Belichick uh, with the Patriots, but uh, as a player. That also, that Belichick coaching tree hasn't exactly led to success uh, as other head coaches, uh, you know. Oh no no no! I know, true, right? Well, it's interesting then. So you're you're thinking between uh, between the OC and, and you know and everything that that may you're saying maybe stay away from some of those uh, Tennessee players. Or, no, you know, right? I just Not think stay that away, people are getting rank them really low. excited because uh, you know you think oh this guy coached the Rams and the and the Falcons. Those are great offenses, so they're just naturally pro- you know projecting that onto the Titans. 
and I, I don't know that I'm taking that leap. I, you know, they brought in your boy Deion Lewis. I think he's going to have a great season as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, I like Derrick Henry, their other running back, but uh, I've watched a lot of shaky moments from Marcus Mariota. I think he's got happy feet. I think he takes too many sacks. I think he makes some poor decisions. And I don't know that, you know, none of their, their receivers are household names either. They had a guy, Corey Davis, that they drafted last year. He was hurt most of the year. He's good. Uh, his his draft position is, is a lot higher than what I would like to pay to. So uh, a lot of people are, are jumping on the Titans, and I'm not quite ready to do that. Well, if Decker hadn't retired, maybe they could have brought him back But uh, uh, to Tennessee. Uh, well, you know, speaking of the Belichick coaching tree, uh, Matt Patricia now getting his uh, chance to be a head coach for the first time with the Detroit Lions. Uh, and, of course, they, uh, they're they keeping, uh, what, was Billy Joe Cooter? Bobby Joe Cooter? I forget. Bob, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. I know. I knew it was some Cooter, some Cooter out there. It's, uh, and, of course, you're bringing Matt Stafford and some of their other weapons back offensively. What do you think? Uh, does Patricia have any sort of an impact? positive or negative uh, uh, with the Lions and, and some of these uh, Lions offensive players as fantasy targets? You know, I don't know that it, you know you can attribute it to Patricia. Keeping the same offensive coordinator means they'll run the same offensive system. I can't imagine that you know Patricia as a defensive mind is going to, you know, I'm sure he'll pay attention to the offense, but I don't know if, he'll, he'll, if he will necessarily put his stamp on the offense. You know, I don't know if they want to change everything for Stafford. He obviously has a good grasp on this system. So, you know, hopefully as a motivation, you know, motivator, Patricia could, could have an impact. But uh, I don't see his hiring as one way or another necessarily affecting the fantasy, uh, fantasy outcome for these guys. How about uh, John Gruden returning uh, to the Raiders and kind of going the uh, Dick Vermeil route uh, out of uh, uh, coaching in the NFL for 15 years or so? Comes back. I mean, uh, what do you what do you think about the Raiders and and do you think uh, do you think Gruden's going to be able to come back and it's going to be like old hat for him again? I I've heard some things that don't necessarily sound like that's going to be the case. Yeah, he definitely. He did. It seems like the NFL is kind of uh, you know leading towards a lot of young guys. And Oakland did the opposite and brought in a bunch of old guys. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. Uh, they still obviously have Marshawn Lynch, who he didn't exactly look great last year. He ended up with decent stats, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, anything that you got excited about. They brought in Doug Martin, who is either, either at 1,200 yards or 300 yards. There's like no one between for him. Uh, I, I do like the quarterback, Derek Carr. Uh, he had a bad year last year, but he had a back injury. He tried to play through, and that didn't do anybody any good. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've mentioned Steve, who, who uh, does the site with me. He did a whole article on John Gruden. It's probably buried on the site now because he did it a long time ago. Uh, and he went back through Gruden's quarterbacks and receivers and their targets all the way back to, like, when he was an offensive coordinator. And I always make fun of him for that. He sent me, he had he handwrites notes in, in notebooks. I don't know who does that anymore, but uh, <laughs> he's six pages of, of handwritten notes. And uh, what he found was uh, that the Gruden offense really, really favors their top receiver. Like the top receiver will get like 140 targets and the second one will be like 50 or 60 less. So it's like he really favors the top receiver, which would be Amari Cooper. So uh, if you believe in Gruden, if you believe that he will run the same offense that he did a decade ago or something similar, uh, and you believe in Cooper, then he should be a, a pretty high pick for you. Uh, if I was to draft Cooper, it would be as a, as a lower second receiver. I still like him. 
Uh, I don't know that I expect him to make a huge jump this year, but I do expect him to be you know, better than he was last year. And, uh, you know, looking uh, at, at the depth chart for the uh, Raiders, uh, what about, uh, uh, I almost forgot about this, Jordy Nelson is now a Raider and not uh, not paired up with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay anymore. Uh, uh, at 33, does uh, and coming off some pretty uh, serious injuries, does Nelson have anything left? And it, it sounds like from what you're saying, maybe he doesn't have a, a, a great fit from a fantasy perspective in the Raiders' offense. I think he'll be okay. I think a lot of people are writing him off. And I think that it might be a little premature. He was really bad last year for the Packers. He was coming back from injury, and then Aaron Rodgers was hurt. And the quarterback play, you know, Brett Hundley, was just awful. Uh, so with another offseason, I think he'll be okay. You know, he's not going. Jordy Nelson was like a second-round pick a couple years ago. He's not that anymore. Now he's like an eighth- or ninth-round pick. So in that spot, I'm good with him. You know, his draft status has come way down from what it was a couple of years ago. So where you're getting him now as opposed to where you used to get him, I'm on board with taking him. I think I've gotten him as my fourth or fifth receiver. You know, people are really down on him after last year. So he's actually a pretty decent bargain in my view. Well, last year uh, in one of my leagues for my uh, my godson, who also happens to be named Ryan, so you know, good good name, right? Already, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but his uh, and obviously for you know for obvious reasons. Uh, to a degree, he's not a big Patriots fan. One of his his favorite quarterback in the NFL happens to be Matt Ryan because uh, he can see his name on the back of the jersey. Ah. So, yeah, uh, so I used to like so, Nolan Ryan for that reason. I'm much older than him. Fair enough. But my uh, for my godson, I actually drafted Matt Ryan uh, in one of my leagues, uh, fantasy leagues last year. <laughs> and sorry to I, hear that. Well, there you go. So I wanted to talk about some of these veterans and whether they're going to bounce back because I'm seeing some major sports publications predicting the Falcons to win the Super Bowl this year. Now, with Shanahan gone, I mean, it seems like Matt Ryan's uh, numbers dropped off. Definitely did from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I was disappointed, and I, I did not uh, make the playoffs in that league. Uh, probably not surprised to hear that. So my question is, do you see him bouncing back uh, with the same offense they had last year kind of still in place? Bouncing back to the Super Bowl year? Uh, or something close to it, close to an MVP-type season again? Yeah, I mean, or... Not or even, no, not even close to no. that. You know, if you look at Matt Ryan's career, it's a very nice career. He throws for a ton of yards. He's thrown for 4,000 yards in seven straight seasons. Uh, but he's thrown for 30 touchdowns just twice in his whole career. And that's, uh, you know, going back to 2008. One was the Super Bowl year, and one was 2012. Uh, he throws a lot of interceptions. He's between, like, 12 and 17 most of his career, again, except for the Super Bowl year. Uh, and he's a nice average quarterback that had a really good year, kind of really well paid off of it, but for me as a fantasy quarterback I, I feel like he's he's overrated uh, I think I have him let me I'm try to pull up my rankings here real fast I have him, Jesus where do I have him? 17th okay, so I'm, I'm 17th so it's like a mid-range second quarterback. Wow Yeah, it's just I think that's what he is, I, I, I think he's a nice quarterback he's a good quarterback but he's just not great from a fantasy perspective he's gonna throw for 300 yards a lot but you don't win and lose you know fantasy weeks on your quarterback's yards you need touchdowns that's what fantasy football is based around touchdowns Matt Ryan just in his career hasn't thrown enough for me to be a, a guy that I'm happy starting every week well it sounds like you're, you're also telling me that he's gonna forever have to live the rest of his career with that 28 to 3 lead in the Super Bowl and maybe he'll never get another chance to go back there and and try to right that wrong at least from the uh, Falcons perspective 
You can hear the smile on my face as I say that, of yes, course. Yes, I do. Uh, but, uh, that was a pretty uh, big wrong. Yeah, that was. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's talk about some other uh, quarterbacks, you know, old faces in new places. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, as I was kind of just looking at some of the rankings here uh, or guys who are just being thrust into starting roles, you got uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. You've got Kirk Cousins now in, in Minnesota with the, the Redskins uh, switching over to uh, uh, Alex Smith. Uh, you know, among others, like of all these new guys in new places, who do you think is going to stand to benefit the most, again, from a fantasy perspective? Definitely Cousins. I have him as my sixth quarterback. Uh, he goes to a team with a dynamite offensive line, Dalvin Cook running the ball, who should be a beast, and then two awesome receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and a great tight end in Kyle Rudolph. And it's indoors. Uh, it's just like, it's the perfect spot for Cousins. I expect him to have a monster season. Uh, I think he's definitely, uh, definitely of all the guys who change places, uh, the guy who I think will have the best season. What about, uh, as we were talking Patriots earlier, a name that is near and dear to a lot of uh, New England football fans would be one Jimmy Garoppolo, and a lot of people seem to have already anointed him as the next great thing. Uh, I don't necessarily ask you to predict his entire career, Ryan, but I would at least like you to tell me what we can expect from him in 2018, and is he worth targeting in a fantasy draft? Well, as a, as a 49er fan, I'd like to project that he wins eight Super Bowls and uh, <laughs> he will throw for 4,000 yards and 100 touchdowns every year. Just don't forget, but, if that happens, Ryan, just don't forget to send your, you know, add uh, Bill Belichick to your Christmas card list if you're going to do that. So just Listen, I was more excited for football the last six weeks last year than I've been in 10 years. So I love <laughs> Bill Belichick. Thank Whatever happened, I don't care. I don't care who knew about it. I don't care who wanted it. I'm just I'm thankful every day for that trade. But uh, I, I had, had forgotten you were a big 49ers fan. So oh yes, God, so, I have his know. jersey already. Don't, don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I have him right at the edge of my starting uh, fantasy quarterbacks at number 12. Uh, it's right around like Roethlisberger, Stafford, those kind of ways. I think he's going to have a really good season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be. You know the big elite fantasy quarterback. I think he could end up with a, you know 27, 28 touchdowns, throw for 3,800 yards. I think he'd have a really good season. Uh, but you know, like I said, the depth of quarterback is is pretty strong this year. You know, you got Rodgers, Watson, Brady, Carson Wentz, who looks like he's going to be back. Russell Wilson is great. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, just getting to Drew Brees and Cam Newton now. So there's so many good quarterbacks that you know. I think it's a position that you want to take the fewest chances on and as great as Jimmy looked uh, you know statistically as far as touchdowns were concerned I think he had seven in those six games and five interceptions so you know he's still got some stuff to prove uh, and at a position so deep and one that's really important the quarterbacks tend to score the most points in fantasy even if we don't draft them first so uh, I like him as a starter but you know, if I really, for some reason, wait a long time to, to draft my starter. And in reality, he's still undefeated 7-0 and in his uh, young career as an NFL starting quarterback. Incredibly handsome. Yeah, and th- well, that too, of course, you know. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, you, one quarterback I noticed you didn't mention there, but I think people might be interested to to hear what uh, lies ahead for him this season, uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, it, and I, I guess there's still maybe some questions about his his shoulder as he tries to come back from that, that serious injury, although 
it feels like the shoulder's getting better. Now he's got a foot problem. And uh, so what are, you, what are you thinking about with Luck? And, uh, of course, now he's also got to factor in uh, new head coach Frank Reich, at least another you know, former quarterback offensive-minded. I would have to think if Luck is healthy, is there potential there for him to bounce back? Now, yes, there's definitely potential for him to bounce back. But if you had gotten to my quarterback bust article, you've noticed that he was my choice there. And here's the reason. And where can we find that uh, article? Oh, it's on there, fightingchancefantasy.com somewhere. Okay, that's fine. Just I wanted you to plug it there. It was a great opportunity. I, I saw that. the door. Okay, continue. Uh, <laughs> here's my problem with Andrew Luck. He's very good. Uh, you know, he's had a, a season of 40 touchdowns, a season of 30 touchdowns. Couple problems. One, he has didn't even throw the ball for almost two years from the, his injury at the end of sixteen till uh, you know a month ago or whatever. He had, didn't even attempt to throw a ball last year. The Colts told us he was going to be fine. Didn't even play the whole season. I see he's out there in preseason. I like what I see. He, he's out there. He's at least gotten hit, gotten up. Again, go back to the quarterback depth. You know, we talked about a, a lot of good quarterbacks there, and I'm watching people draft him as the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board. I can't get behind that on a guy that hasn't you know, played in this long. Be, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I mean, it's his throwing shoulder. If he gets plowed by some 300-pound 300 300 lineman and driven into the ground, is he going to get up? I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to take that chance on him when they have so many other good options. Their offense stinks. They have T.Y. Hilton, and after him, can you name another Colts receiver? Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, any of these, any of these you know, instilling a lot of confidence in you? I don't know that offense is going to be that good, even if he is healthy. Uh, it's just, I, the risk is too great for me with, with so many good quarterbacks out there. If you want to take him as your second quarterback, be my guest. But I will have no part of Andrew Luck this year. I hope he's healthy. I hope he bounces back as a as a person. I don't wish bad on anyone, but from a fantasy perspective, I want no part of him this year. Hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah. No. I was just looking at that depth chart for the Colts uh, at wide receiver. Uh, they only have two listed. They have Hilton and Grant, as you said. Of course, the Patriots only have Hogan and Edelman listed. So for or whatever that's worth. Um. Okay. So why don't we uh, start running? You know, we kind of this sort of is a, a good segue into talking. You know, by uh, position here, maybe uh, you know, mention like three guys uh, you really like, and then maybe one or two that you you want to avoid. I guess you, you kind of alluded to many of these when it comes to the quarterback position, but why don't we uh, recap the, you know, the guys you really like at that position uh, in your fantasy drafts and then who, who to avoid. Okay, I have actually just posting a series of articles called My Guys, which I'm doing in each position. I've got quarterback and running back up. Which I've read, but I have read these, so I, I know what's coming, but I want you to tell our, our vast it's audience coming, here. But, uh, mm-hmm. and tight end, but I'm doing, trying to do them one a day. Right. My favorite running back is Dalvin Cook. Not that I would draft him first. Obviously the first four Well, oh, I thought we were going to start with quarterbacks first because we were... Uh... Oh, I thought we did quarterback. I thought we well, we kind of did, but I just wanted you to recap it, kind of give, give like a summation. <laughs> Sean Watson. Sean Watson is my favorite, no okay. doubt about it. I just think he's amazing, uh, and I think he, as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to have another amazing year. Uh, I really like Carson Wentz. He's just a prototypical big-time NFL quarterback. He's big. He's strong. He's he's even mobile. Uh, let's not forget he tore his ACL. Uh, you know, trying to dive in for a touchdown. So uh, he might be a hair limited with the mobility in the beginning, but I think he's going to have an awesome season, another 30-touchdown year. He had 33 touchdowns last year in only 13 games. Uh, so Wentz is a big one for me. I love Jared Goff. We talked about for the Rams. 
they brought in Brandon Cooks, just another toy for this guy to play with. Uh, he had a great season last year. The Rams, I think, are going to be one of the best teams in football. Uh, so he's uh, he's one I really like. Uh, I mentioned Mitch Trubisky from the Bears. And later on, uh, you know, I like Eli Manning. Uh, he was awful last year, but, you know, they brought in a couple of new offensive linemen. Linemen. Uh, <laughs> linemen. Their Line. receivers are at least now healthy. Beckham got his contract, so hopefully he'll shut his mouth. Uh, they drafted Saquon Barkley second overall, so they should have a dynamite running game. Uh, so, you know, last year Eli was running for his life every play and throwing to Roger Jones. I mean, how do you expect him to have a good season? Uh, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's going to have a big bounce back for people who like to wait. And you said Luck was someone you definitely want to avoid. Are there any other uh, quarterbacks you definitely uh, would recommend to avoid? Uh, I don't know that there's any that, that I would definitely avoid. Uh, I'll, I, I'd avoid well, how about mind. this then? Let me reword the question because I did want to get to this too. We haven't really talked about any of those young quarterbacks that were drafted this year. Do you expect any of those uh, guys like uh, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield to have any kind of fantasy impact? You know, uh, you t- asked me three weeks ago, I would have said no. I know when we did our podcast where we went over quarterbacks, I said I didn't expect any of them to have any meaningful playing time. Uh, but now, you know, Taylor goes down with an injury in, in Cleveland. Uh, and Darnold is looking like uh, you know he's got it going on. So all of a sudden now, I think Mayfield might play more than I thought. I think Darnold has an outside chance of starting. Uh, you know, and in Arizona, Sam Bradford is always one play away from a season-ending injury. So I really like Josh Rosen. So all of a sudden now, it looks like any of these three might play. Uh, and AJ McCarron got hurt for the Bills. You don't know if Josh Allen is, is going to play. So I don't know if I expect many of them to have a huge fantasy impact. If I had to pick one. I like Rosen. I think you know he is the most prepared coming out of college, running the most uh, pro-style offense in college. Seems to be really intelligent. Uh, has a couple good weapons with Fitzgerald and, and the guys over there. They drafted this kid, Christian Kirk. Uh, I, I like Rosen a lot. Uh, Mayfield, if he's in there, I mean they've got weapons all over the place. Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon. You know, last year's rookie tight end David and Joku, they've got weapons. But, but have you them. watched Hard Knocks, Ryan? That 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 team just does not look like, you know, they are ready. I mean, have you seen any of the installments of this show? I mean, they just. I ha- I have not. My, my okay. issue with Cleveland is there's so many new, like everything is new. New quarterback, new running back, and new wide receiver. The tight end barely played last year. Like. Well, how about winning games? That's also a new concept, I think, too. Uh, uh, yeah, to, that's to another thing. They franchise. didn't win any games last year. I see people <laughs> projecting them for the playoffs. I'm like, let's slow down and get to four wins before we you know, think about the playoffs. So, how about one? Very, yeah. <laughs> well, did you hear what they're doing in Cleveland? Speaking of that, I think there's uh, – what is this? Uh, when they win uh, – what is it? Some beer – I forget who the beer company is now. Uh, they're, when they win their first game, their first home game, they're going to, like, give free beer to everybody. But what you have to do is they're going to have, like, these little – portable mini fridges and there's going to be a code you have to punch in to unlock it can you just see where this is just there's going to be like a big mess uh in the cleveland football stadium i i wouldn't want to be there the day they win a, their first home game because that's just uh, it's not going to be a pretty sight i would put the security on uh, high alert for that one it's going to be like the purge yeah right very well could be. All right. Well, okay, so you, you wanted to you, you wanted to go to running backs, Ryan. Let's talk about your running backs. Who do you really like? Uh, uh, it sounded like, you, you know, the Minnesota guy, uh, Mr. Cook, is uh, you're, you're probably your top guy, but uh, give me a few others who you really like, and then someone also we should be avoiding like the, uh, like the purge or the plague. <laughs> uh, 
I also like Jordan Howard, the, the Bears running back. I, I talked about his back, you know, backfield mate, Cohen, earlier, but I still think Howard is going to get the vast majority of the, the... Well, you liked Howard last year, if I remember, too, didn't you? Because I think I took him in one of my leagues of, uh, on your recommendation. He's he's just a, he's a workhorse. Oh, I, I liked him, too. Yeah. To, uh, to get hurt or slow down, uh, so I really like him a lot. Uh, as far as staying away from, hmm, I, I'm kind of leery of LaShawn McCoy. Uh, this legal problems always kind of scare me a little bit. He's getting up there. I think, expect Buffalo's offense to stink pretty bad. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to live up to, to his draft spot. Uh, Jay Ajayi is another guy for the Eagles. You know, he, they didn't even really give him the ball all that much when they traded for him mid-year. I know it's kind of hard to, to integrate a guy mid-season, but I think running back would be the easiest position to do that with. And Even into the playoffs, you know, they were giving the ball to, to other guys. Darren Sproles is coming back. Not that Ajayi is a pass catcher at all, but uh, I like to give a kid, Corey Clement, that I like a lot. So I, have a, I struggle taking him at his draft spot also. All right. And, uh, you know, maybe middle rounds. Area I always have trouble with, it feels like, if I don't get one of those stud running backs near the top of the draft, are those middle rounds, or are there any guys you, you see, you, if you let's call them sleepers, whatever, uh, or just guys in the middle rounds who, you know, maybe they uh, they slip a little bit, and uh, but you, you think would be good finds to uh, guys to target in, in that part of the draft? You know, I'm coming around this year to a lot of the, I play mostly PPR leagues, so I come around a lot to a lot of the pass-catching backs. Uh, so, you know, guys like Chris Thompson of the Redskins is a guy I really like. He got hurt last year, but he's uh, he's back with their rookie Darius Geis going down. That's going to open some more carries. They brought in Adrian Peterson. I don't know. I want no part of that either. Uh, so I like Thompson as a guy who, who can be uh, a good pass-catcher and maybe a few extra carries with the injuries there. Uh, I mentioned Tony Michelle earlier. Uh, Chris Carson looks like he's going to be the starter for the Seahawks. Uh, they drafted this kid, Rashad Penny, in the first round, who everyone was all over. Uh, he's hurt for the first few weeks. And, and Carson was, was good last year when he can stay healthy. So I think he's got his chance of, of taking the job and, and running with it. Okay. Well, moving to wide receiver, you mentioned uh, part of the reason why uh, running backs are being targeted more uh, in, in the first and second rounds is that, you know, there's a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, we all know about some of the, the big studs. Obviously, Antonio Brown's probably going to be the first, if he's not the first receiver off the board in a draft, then something might be wrong with your draft. But, uh, you know, who are some other guys uh, you like near the top and maybe uh, some sleepers and, again, who to avoid? Uh, Michael Thomas is one of my favorites. The Saints, uh, I just pushed him a little ahead of Odell as my third wide receiver. He's definitely the number one target for the Saints. He's big, he's strong, he's a great uh, red zone target, and it's just he's clearly the number one receiver on a, a really scary offensive team. Uh, I have Julian Edelman down as a guy, a guy I really like. Going a little later, I like Pierre Garçon of, of my 49ers. He had 50 catches last year and half a season with straight garbage at quarterback. Uh, so now he gets the ever-handsome Jimmy Garoppolo for a full season. I think he's got a real shot at 90 catches and some touchdowns. So Garcon is going you know, after the 40th wide receiver off the board. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is the Eagles receiver. People kind of look at him as the second receiver there because of Alshon Jeffrey, but uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's not a reception guy. He, you know, he'll get you eight touchdowns, but he's going to catch 52 balls. You know? Aguilar's got a chance to catch an 80 you know, four or five touchdowns, so I, I like him a lot. 
Uh, Mike Williams, the second-year guy for the Chargers, missed most of last year. He didn't really get on the field when he was healthy, but he's healthy now. Had a full off season, and he was like he was one of the first receivers taken in the NFL draft last year. So, I expect him to to come through this year. And my last one is uh, D.D. Westbrook of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just had Marquise Lee go down. They were their number one guy. And Westbrook was a rookie last year. He missed the first 10 games with, I think it was like an abdominal injury, and came back and, and played really well in the last six games. So, again, with him with a full off season and full preseason, I, I think he's going to be good, even though, even though the, uh, the Jags have a, a bunch of good receivers. But I like Westbrook as a huge big play threat there. Well, at the very least, he'll be the best uh, receiver named Didi uh, going in fantasy drafts. Uh, how about uh, uh, someone to avoid, and uh, yeah, or one or two guys that you know receivers that you definitely wouldn't want to draft or stay away from? The guy I have trouble with, and we we're just talking about Cleveland, is Josh Gordon, and I don't want to trivialize whatever issues he has, but I mean he's already kind of you know backed out of the preseason for a few weeks, trying to get himself straight, and I appreciate that. I hope he gets himself straight for whatever you know. Uh, abuse problems he has or mental health problems he has but I don't know that week three he's not going to do that again because he needs to get himself straight and you know he's going drafted as one of the first 20 receivers off the board so that's kind of a lot of uh, a lot of gamble you know early to, to be taking a guy who again I'm sorry to say might you know might have some issues that's going to cause him to to miss some time again but you know don't want to trivialize it but you know this is fantasy football show and <laughs> he could hurt your fantasy football team. So Josh Gordon is a guy that I've always kind of struggled to get behind. Uh, Corey Davis, I mentioned before from the Titans, people are really, really excited about him, and I'm just not exactly buying the whole uh, the whole Titan offense. The last one I'll give you is Emmanuel Sanders of the Broncos. He's been a great uh, PPR threat for the last few years. They brought in Case Keenum, who's a much better t- uh, quarterback than the trash they had last year, but he's still not exactly Aaron Rodgers, and they drafted this kid, Cortland Sutton, who's a lot like Sanders. He's a great possession receiver. Uh, Sanders is over 30. Uh, They think they were trying to shop him in the offseason, so I think the writing's on the wall that Sanders might not have as good a season as people might be hoping. Could they possibly cut him? Because, I mean, that's a name that I know a few years ago was definitely on the Patriots' radar, and given their uh, situation at wide receiver right now, I mean... You know, if they can't work out a deal, uh, try to maybe get him from the Broncos for a lower draft pick or something. Maybe they'll just wait and uh, see if uh, the Broncos decide to cut Sanders, and maybe they can pick him up that way. It's possible, yeah. I'm not sure of his contract situation to, to know if they could save any money cutting him or, or what the situation there might be. But you're also saying that you're down on Sanders, though, because of right now the circumstances he's in in Denver. But if he was to possibly you know, get cut loose and, and latch on somewhere else, you think there might still be some value there for him? Yeah, depending on the situation, yeah, he could have some value somewhere else. I just, you know, the, the quarterback play might be a little iffy, and I, I, I think this kid is going to start eating to his targets. Okay, well, how about tight end? We know how you feel about uh, Gronk. Uh, you love you love to party with him, uh, but uh, you're you're afraid uh, he may be a little brittle. Actually, one of you know the the co-host on my TV show, Howie McClellan, likes to refer. He's been referring to him for years as peanut brittle, uh, really since you know he started coming up with these uh, various injuries. Uh, 
you know, and, uh, you know, I, I guess it's warranted, but I still feel that a lot of these have been kind of flukish injuries. The back certainly is not, and I know that goes back to his college days, so something, to, you know, always to worry about when it flares up. Okay, but so talk about some tight ends that maybe you do like and maybe, I don't know, is this kind of a, a sleeper position? It feels like any name you bring up, if, if it's not uh, Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham or maybe Kyle Ru- like some well-known name, I mean, it sounds like you might be a sleeper by default, but uh, who do you like in the spot? There are a lot of good young tight ends coming in, not only the rookies this year, but rookies in the last couple of years. So the position theoretically has some depth that it hasn't in the past. So there's there's a lot of chances of guys who are going to be great. Um, I like Evan Engram of the Giants a lot. Uh, he looked real good in his rookie season. A lot of people are like, well, everyone was hurt. Yeah, well, that meant the defense had nothing to focus on except for Engram, and he still had a good year. So I, I think that he might maybe won't see as many passes, but I think his situations are going to be you know much more quality than than last year. So I think he's still going to have a really good season. I've actually a bet with someone that he will finish as a top five tight end. So that's uh, I like Engram to to finish there. Uh, another guy I like is uh, Trey Burton. He went from the Eagles to the Bears. So Burton kind of was behind Zach Ertz until he got banged up a little bit, and when he got a chance to play, he looked really good. Uh, and now he goes to the Bears where he gets to be the starter. So I like Trey Burton to have a, a much better year this year than last year. Then you get to the young kids. Uh, I brought up David Njoku a, a few minutes ago. Uh, he missed time to set the valve last year in his rookie season. Like, I don't understand why the Browns didn't put him on the field more. Like He just didn't see the time. I can't imagine they're not going to do it again. The kid is a freakish athlete. Uh, so I really like him. O.J. Howard was a rookie last year for the Buccaneers. He's another one. He splits with Cameron Brait, but I expect him to be on the high side of that this year and really uh, really show his, his wear this year. And uh, for us old guys, uh, Ben Watson, he's back on the Saints. Last time he was on the Saints, he had 80 catches. Uh, and, you know, we know that, that the Saints and Drew Brees like the tight end. So he's a he's going really late, like maybe the 25th or 26th tight end. You might not even have to draft him, uh, and you can pick him up in your team. But I think he's going to give you a huge return. Ben Watson is still playing. I think this would be like his 14th season, and I don't know what the all-time record is. I, maybe Antonio Gates has it for, or or maybe to, uh, uh, Gonzalez there. Uh, you know, maybe the lo- you know longest career for a tight end, but he's getting into some some elite territory just as far as longevity goes. I, I can't believe he's still kicking around, but uh, and that it, and it has some fantasy value to boot. Yeah, I think he will. He's, he's like I said, he's going really, really late. I've been in drafts where I could get him at the very end, but I think he's going to have a real good year. Besides that big Polish tight end with the Patriots that we know you can't stand, any other quarterbacks or tight ends we should be avoiding in the... Uh... <laughs> I honestly don't like Jimmy Graham this year. Uh, okay. He's going... His, See, I would have thought paired up with Aaron Rodgers, that would be a good thing, you know, uh, that maybe he... I think, but can you name any of the, the Green Bay tight ends over the past five years? Well, no, but they've had a lot of good receivers to throw to. I mean, Rodgers has been in love with his receivers because he's had them, but he doesn't have Jordy Nelson, one of his binkies anymore. So why wouldn't Jimmy Graham, a big target that he is, become his new binky? You know, they just do they haven't... have to. I mean, do they have to totally revamp the offense just to throw more to the tight end? Is that the problem? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's part of what I think. I mean, they had uh, Martellus Bennett last year, who looked like a, you know pretty good tight end for the Patriots, and he didn't do crap last year for the Packers. So, I mean, they've had some guys, you know, with some talent, and they just don't seem to throw to him that much. And he's being drafted really high. He's not young anymore. He gets dinged up a lot. So, uh, yeah, 
I think there's enough guys that I would rather take a chance on than than Graham. I, I've actually been staying away from him. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, is there anybody we haven't talked about yet uh, here uh, during this uh, this fantasy preview show for the 2018 season that you'd like to mention? Someone else that you just think is is definitely worth maybe taking a late round flyer on, either a deep sleeper, just any any name you want to throw out here that we haven't brought up yet, good or bad. Maybe just you know, however you uh, anyone we didn't pick up here. Well, one and it, it's. I don't know if it's going to help in the, in the near future. That's Deonta Foreman of the, the Houston Texans. Tore his Achilles last year, uh, so it looks like he's going to start on the physically unable to perform list, which would take him out for the first six weeks. Uh, but before he got hurt last year, he was really starting to, to show some stuff, and I don't like Lamar Miller. I think he's just average at best. And last year before Foreman got hurt, he had not only started to eat to, to Miller's carries, but he was starting to get close. It wasn't, you know, 20 carries to five. It was starting to get to, like, 18 to 14. So I think when Foreman comes back, which, again, might be week seven, they have to see how he heals in these next you know, week before the season. I don't see it that they officially put him on this list yet. But I think he might be a guy in the second half that can help you if, if he's going to be able to come back from the Achilles. So not, not a guy to draft. Because you know, I don't think he will help you right away, and probably people aren't thinking about him. But just a name to stash away, that you know, when bye weeks come around and the injury bug starts hitting, that this might be a guy you can pull out of your hat and help you in the second half. You know, Ryan, I can't believe we've uh, already gone over an hour here. It just feels like we're we're scratching the surface, at least as far as my draft prep goes for later this week. But uh, uh, you know, it's it is time for us to uh, wrap things up here. I just uh, wanted to uh, mention, of course, you know, we only do this one podcast a year on on the Toddcast talking about uh, fantasy football. But of course, you you and uh, Steve Rapp and do one every week. So again, talk about uh, where you uh, folks can go out and find that every week, including myself. I will. Try to get to it eventually. That is uh, every Thursday at 10 p.m. We are live for one uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, which I guess all your people would be uh, live for an hour. So whatever we say is what comes out. We don't edit or do anything. Whatever we say comes out, and we have some expletive laden tirades sometimes. Oh, I love live because you know the best part about live is you can't edit anything. <laughs> Saves a lot of time right there in the production room. You know the edit room. Yeah, too. And, and me and him aren't good at that, so we just whatever. We don't we don't care. So uh, that's every Thursday, 10 p.m. for an hour. You can find that right on the site, fightingchancefantasy.com. There's a tab across the top that says podcast, and the player is embedded right there, so you can listen to it right on the site. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, there's four mock drafts that we conducted that I did analysis for. Uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at Fighting Chance. Steve is Fantasy Geek 37. Jim Day is the Fantasy Taz. Brian Drake is Drake Fantasy, and Casey Kasem is the Casey Kasem, and she spells it K-A-C-E-Y-K-A-S-E-M. They're all really great. Uh, come to the site. Check it out. We're gonna, we, we do fun stuff, too. I'm going to make uh, the show Survivor into a fantasy game this fall, so... Uh, we're always trying to do something fun and different. Well, I liked how you were kind of doing the, the movie thing, because I know there's like a fantasy movie league now based on like uh, amount uh, earned at the box office uh, for, yeah. for cinematic uh, films. Uh, I just have to ask one thing, though. I, I was listening back to last year's show. What happened to Polka Pat? Did he retire? Or, uh... oh, he's, still, you know, he's still around. He doesn't do a lot of writing for us. He kind of trolled the internet and, you know, plugs us and stuff. He hasn't done a ton of writing, so he's supposed to, he does some hockey. I know he had said the other day he's supposed to have an article out. Uh, we're going to do like a, a weekly roundtable. We're going to pick like three or four questions, and all of us are going to answer it. So I'm sure he's going to participate in that too. 
Okay, so again, it's Thursday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to need some help because you know how I am with fantasy football, which is to say it's usually not good. So, <laughs> uh, Ryan, this has been a very informative hour. I do want to thank you for, for doing this again. It, it, it's become a fun tradition here on the Toddcast, and I hope we can uh, do it again next year. Absolutely, me too. All right. Well, again, just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to uh, follow us on social media uh, by searching Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook and on Twitter. Our handle is at TOSTBMC, where we can get the links to the latest TOST Toddcasts as soon as they're available, including this one. Uh, don't forget, you can also check out previous Time Out for Sports Talk TV shows on demand at belmontmedia.org. Our next live show will be coming up on Wednesday, September 19th, where we'll have a chance, Howie McClellan and I, to uh, kind of talk about the first uh, couple of Patriots games and uh, hopefully We'll see how they're playing uh, without uh, Julian Edelman, and, and hopefully Tom Brady will find some targets. Uh, be sure, again, to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, get the, all the latest updates about that. Once again, I want to thank uh, Ryan Hallam from Fighting Chance Fantasy. Again, the website is fightingchancefantasy.com, and uh, Facebook, at Fighting Chance Fantasy. His Twitter handle, at Fighting Chance. And until next time, this is Todd Bloniars wishing you all good luck in your fantasy drafts, including me, because God knows I'm going to need it. And uh, thank you for checking out the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. <laughs>